Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode. Oh, this is 90? awesome too because it's the Velcro too, so that'll go around the ponytail easy. Yeah, it's also episode ninety there, Hoss. We started. Oh, <laughs> Let welcome over back. Talking about episode his ponytail. I did. I almost forgot what the name of the show was. We've been all over the place with this. So, <laughs> talking lead every other week is that what it is? Yes, talking <laughs> every now and then. Yeah, but we have been busy gathering good stuff to talk about. Heck yeah, man! You did the the. The latest one, mm-hmm. not the latest, but the furthest away. Yeah, uh, the, was it the AUSA? AUSA? It's the Association of the United States Army. That is a much different bird than Shot Show or NRA. <laughs> mainly, be- mainly because it's our government buying billions and billions of dollars worth of like stuff, just massive, full auto machine guns, and you know the new stealthily looking osprey and helicopters airplanes trucks everything you were posting some pretty badass pictures to instagram yeah it's some pretty slick stuff uh made some good connections out there what Um, was the coolest thing you saw coolest thing in my eyes was that stealth osprey that was slick if if they fix the physics problems uh that have always plagued the osprey anyways uh for those of y'all that don't know what the osprey is it's the uh helicopter slash plane that has the Props that go forward for flying forward and go up for straight up and down. Yeah. Um, it's got a ton of problems. There's been, I don't know, Aaron, you may be able to speak to this. Uh, there's been a lot of crashes with the Osprey just because. Yeah, the- <laughs> it, it, the biggest problems were, were in its early development, from what I understand. And I was in the Army, so I mean, the Army looked at the Osprey and they were just kind of like, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but the Marine Corps was like, helicopter plane, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there there have been some 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 early development problems. I know guys who deployed and used them in theater, um, and you know a few of them are like, you know, it's one of the greatest all-purpose airframes, and other people are like it's mediocre. It does everything okay. It doesn't do anything really really well. Um, the Marine Corps is really big on parts commonality, so I was kind of surprised that they went with it because they've been used. They they still use the Huey um, mm-hmm. because it shares a, a serious parts commonality with Cobra. Which they also, you know, the Sea Cobra, they still use that. But mm-hmm. the Osprey was supposed to, you know, enable them to, to deploy troops faster and, and get them into different places. And I think for that it works. But you're right. There's, there's, I mean, it's a complicated machine. There's a lot of moving parts. Yep. So, and, and this one was, it was like the body of the quote unquote stealth chopper that took out bin Laden, that took the guys that take out bin Laden mm-hmm. that everybody's yeah. leaked photos of. That was what kind of what the body looked like. But then, it still had the Osprey props that looked pretty th- the same, but it had the more stealth lines to it and everything. It was pretty slick. The second coolest thing that I saw, you know, that was just my personal. No, they letting you. Are they let, these are static displays? Obviously, are they letting you get uh, hands on with yeah. this stuff? And I mean, in? we can like fly it. Well, no, but I mean, you could like climb aboard and get yeah, in the cockpit, yeah. and yeah, we were able to look in the little touch it. area. It was pretty you cool. Could touch it's it. not made for big guys. I will tell you that. Now, was this an actual one, or was this like just a prop that they had? There? It looked like an actual actual one. I mean, it had all the gauges and everything. Uh, it was the size of an actual one. I don't know if it was functional. No. Maybe maybe not just to get it in there. With you didn't the try to pick it up to see if it was styrofoam. Or no, something. I should have though. <laughs> <laughs> but the the second coolest thing to me and to a lot of people out there that are uh, you know into techie stuff or uh in did you ever see the movie um elysium that aaron starred in yeah yeah <laughs> and for those who didn't recognize the voice that's that's our buddy aaron cowan with sage dynamics all right so revision eyewear is not just eyewear anymore revision does all kinds of cool innovative stuff now from helmets to you know, so they're like corning. Optics. What's that? They're like corning. What the heck is corning? Corning. You've heard the company corning, like the pots and pans people. Yeah, they do all kinds of crazy Military stuff. Uh, electronics in there. Yeah. Well, they had an exoskeleton. Really? Yeah, and uh-uh. it was badass. <laughs> and it's it it connects to the legs like you would see in that movie, like Elysium, kind of like. Uh, braces on the yeah. side with the knee guard. Yeah, do, you like have a, to, do you have to drill a thing in the back of your spine? And, no, but it goes into the hole in the helmet. Okay. So there's, it goes up your back and it kind of supports your spine. Yeah. And then there's this heavy, heavy wire that connects to your helmet that takes all the weight of the helmet off, 
takes all the weight of your back off. And they had one guy that was kind of walking around their booth with it. No way. He was. Yeah. It was actually functional. Oh yeah, it's functional and it's pretty sick. Uh, did, and you didn't get pictures of that. It should have. That would have like sold me right then and there. <laughs> so it didn't. No, it didn't make any cool noises. Did you get to touch it? Uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> just, just make sure it wasn't like a Halloween costume or something. No, like yeah, I actually got to. Put I mean, was my he hands like? On, was he like lifting big heavy stuff? No, because it didn't look like it had any arm situations. It's more for like taking the weight off for like long hauls, hiking, so you can carry marching, more whatever. Yeah, carry more equipment because uh, it supports your back and your legs. So it's so basically it's for- like it looked like. I mean, you could carry 500 pounds on your back, and it's not going to phase you as a person because the exoskeleton's handling it all. But yeah. it, it was pretty cool. So it's, it's turning turning uh, soldiers into pack rats. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> there was other, there was another thing that kind of crossed my mind with it, and maybe we can do a listener poll with this. I thought, okay, are we creating a weak military? Because if they get used to this, and they say this becomes like a broad spectrum, everybody's using this thing, they get out of the exoskeleton, or maybe something malfunctions on it, and mm-hmm. they're used to that. No, I don't think they're going to. They're not going to take away from their physical training yeah. of the military. You know, that's just kind of that's part of the discipline part of it as well. Right, right. Wouldn't you agree, Aaron? Yeah, and if if you look at the like, especially the history of the, the infantry, every war we carry more stuff. Yeah, uh, the weight just keeps getting heavier and heavier and heavier because with technology comes batteries and other associated accoutrement that, that is required to power all these super-duper weapons that fire bullets that cost more than a soldier makes in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the physical fitness is never going to go away. Uh, you've started, you know, there's obviously rumblings now, women in the infantry and things like that, and lowering physical standards for, like, ranger school and stuff. None of it's happened. Yeah. Um, I think there's always going to be a ridiculous physical standard, or I guess ridiculous depending on how you want to look at it. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to go away. I think the exoskeleton is is still years and years off from being fielded at least, you know, uh, to line units because the cost is going to be obnoxious. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it, it's something that when it when it first comes out, it's going to exist in the special operations community, uh, and then you might see trickle down. You know, by the time I'm ready to start Social Security, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Which which won't be available by the time you're ready for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I won't. I'll have to, you know, do something else for money. I don't know. Maybe I'll take up speed chess or something. You, you <laughs> could be a stunt double for somebody. I could. I could be a stunt double <laughs> for this year old Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so th- those were the two two coolest things. There were some awesome guns because, of course. At AUSA, they're going to have stuff that civilians don't get to play with. No, I can't believe they're letting you yeah. take pictures at this thing. Uh, some of them didn't. There was a couple of just amazing, like futuristic-looking tanks that mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to take pictures of. I wasn't even trying to take a picture. I was standing over there texting somebody. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it may have been even you. And all of a sudden, this lady goes, sir, sir, no pictures. No pictures of the tanks. I'm like, I'm not taking a picture. I'm texting somebody. Now, do they have ba- uh, boob base, boob, boob, boob base, yes. boob babes? They, there, they do have boob babes. A uh, little more conservative, but yeah, they're definitely uh, they they're in like suit skirts. But yeah, y- yeah. Did, did you see? Did you see any anybody running around with measuring tape? With measuring tape? Yeah, like like some just kind of suspicious looking character. With the measuring tape, like measuring tanks and barrels, and no, <laughs> yeah, taking measurements. I saw that at uh, Shot Show last year. Really, there were these two little Asian guys, and they had <laughs> um, one of them was writing things down, and the other was like getting measurements on uh, oh. on one of the uh, one of the PDWs. I can't remember who made it. Um, I'm trying to remember. What, it may have been at the Sig booth. I can't remember, but he was measuring everything. Wow, yeah, a caliper and a measuring tape. Yeah, because they're going to take it back and go and clone it. Of it. <laughs> well, that's what they do. That's their thing. So that's, you said that about the, the two Asian guys. So AUSA is not just the U.S. Army that's there, even though it's called the Association of the United States Army. There were people from armies all over the world walking mm-hmm. around, full uniform, uh, their generals, everything else. So <laughs> there, I don't know what country it was. It looked like maybe a India, Pakistan kind of area, mm-hmm. but they had this salute that uh, Jim Irwin was with me, and we 
froze in our boots because it was like one of these salute bow side handshake weird looking thing who was doing that this military they like some guy that wasn't an officer saw an officer and he froze and he stood attention and gave this like it almost looked like he was doing the breakdancing robot but it was a foreign one arm a foreign military yeah, it was a foreign military and it was the craziest looking thing I'd ever seen. I was like, what in the hell is that? Looked like he was doing the robot, but with one arm but and bowing with it. It was it was interesting. What was that movie that Chevy Chase was in? Uh, he was like a arm. They went to like an arms dealer show or something like that. Spies Like Us? Or? It wasn't Spies Like Us, but it, I can't remember what it was called. Fletch. It may have been a Fletch movie. <laughs> yeah, Fletch. Was- but I always remember that military show that they went to, and it, it was hilarious because yeah. they had like the the booth babes and they were all like sexy and yeah and they were it was like a big party it was funny and then there were there was a really really cool moment where gregory hines was in it too i think oh i don't know about that one then. it's old school yeah so i'm i'm standing there with these three guys older guys probably i'd say early one of them was definitely mid to late 60s if he ever hears this i may end up in a van with a black bag over my head or somewhere i don't know <laughs> but he's a taller guy and we just started shooting the breeze you know cracking jokes on each other we're i'm telling him about the school telling him about talking lead he's loving it he's cracking jokes back on me we're giving each other hell and his suit jacket opens and i see his tag and he was a three-star general <laughs> <laughs> really and i was like uh, okay at first i had this moment of oh crap and then i was like yeah but he's cool as shit so I'll just roll with it. <laughs> and who is he? And that's always been my experience with generals. You get the one stars. They just got their star. Yeah. They don't really know what their mission in life is yet, even though they've kind of got like a job. But once you get up to like two and three stars, yeah. like, they're usually pretty laid back, very business oriented guys because they're, they're basically CEOs at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. And they, they're so far removed from like me, like when I was a corporal dealing with generals, like I didn't exist. Yeah. To them, unless it was like some kind of direct conversation, because people, the guys that were running errands were like lieutenant colonels. Right. If you go to the Pentagon, lieutenant colonels are fetching coffee. And that was a wild thing. It's like we saw full bird colonels, but they were like standing behind the generals as yeah, almost like their secretary. Mm. Yeah, their gen- general's aide is usually uh, a lieutenant colonel or a colonel. Yeah, that was pretty wild. It's a serious career booster, but it's one of those things that, you know, um, I think it, every at any point as an officer, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fill that billet. Yeah. Either you're gonna be an aide to a colonel, or you're gonna be an aide to a general. Interesting. Do they limit the number of people that can hold a rank? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Especially officers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Marine Corps is a little tighter about that. Like you can get locked out of promotions in the Marine Corps because there's just no rank available. Uh, the Army it doesn't start to lock out until you get to a certain higher rank. Cool. And Air Force just gives them to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's just like they just rank out. Like that. It's like an, it's like Oprah's everybody's new stuff show. You're getting colonel. You're getting colonel. Hey, getting colonel. You get to start as a colonel. Hey. <laughs> so that was a USA. Uh, good stuff though. Uh, made some good connections uh, for both SDI and Talking Lead. So we're going to be doing some stuff with Sig here soon. Probably at Shot Show too. Cool. Uh, hung out with Chris from uh, Glock for a little while. Saw Josh Dorsey. I talked to him a little bit, but uh, other than that, then you got to do some. You got to do some hands-on. I got a little with little hands-on. Yeah, Aaron and I got to go to the Iraq Veteran Eight 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 YouTube shoot Range Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they call it. Just Range, range day. day. I'll just call it YouTuber shoot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Range uh, Day. You know, we went to the one last year. Yep, and it was. You know, it was it was a good deal. I mean, it was fun. It was uh, a tight knit group. Uh, it was a lot smaller than this group. Uh, it was more than triple the size than it was than it was last yeah. year. Yeah. So, um, pretty impressive growth for one year. Uh, I so saw I, pictures where you actually had a hangar you could hide from the sun in. Yeah. So this guy's place that they had it at, it's a different place than we had it last year. It's a, a guy's private property. He's got an actual airstrip on his property, a private airstrip. And you could see in some of the videos the hangar back there, and he had I don't know how many planes did that guy have just hanging there? Probably eight. Yeah, there were there were aircraft uh, all over that place. 
Um, but yeah, I think there were there were two operational in the hangar, and he had like three or four hanging from the ceiling. He had a bi wing too, didn't he? Yeah, hanging yeah, up yeah. in there. It was oh, really? sweet. Yeah, I was impressed by the amount of aircraft available. Yeah, so I was wanting to take one of those suckers up, but of course the runway was have. the runway was full of shooters. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we were shooting across the runway. Yeah, but we were all lined up on it. But there were yeah. a lot of vendors there uh, this year. Um, Troy was there. Mm-hmm. We got to meet the the owner of Troy, Steve Troy. Yeah. And we got a good interview with him that we're going to be posting up hopefully uh, this next couple of days here. Yeah, he was a super nice guy. He was. I'm he was talking to him. very approachable, very personable, uh, and he knew his stuff, too. I mean, he, he's hands-on with his product. Did you get to shoot any of their stuff? I shot the PDW and the VTAC version AR-10. I did not care for the PDW. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just no way to really get a consistent cheek weld on that thing. Uh, I know it fills a very specific role, um, and the stock was like a meat tenderizer. The actual it was. Well, he said they they have a polymer version coming out, which okay. will kind of soften soften that up for for people who don't like the meat tenderizer attachment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's it, it's one of the better PDWs I've fired, but I still think that as far as collapsing stocks go, they need to kind of iron out the kinks a little. Bit. Yeah, uh, I like it. I just I wish it was a little bit longer, maybe maybe mm-hmm. ten and a half inch. Yeah, well, you could probably just throw a different upper on Well, I mean, no doubt. I mean, you could do that, but I mean, that's their production run of that thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but and I, I, the butt stock that they have for that, I mean, it's a specific. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Till it's more like a what, that you'd see on like an Uzi or something. Is that right? Is that how you describe it? Or a, it, it's it's not a, an Uzi. It's a telescoping stock. Um, and it has a special bolt carrier that goes with it. Yeah. Um, so it has, it's a very shortened buffer tube. Um, and then it's got the guide rails that collapse in alongside the receiver as opposed to a side folder or something like that. Um, I will say it's an improvement over the LWRC version, their mm-hmm. version of the PDW. Uh, I found the Troy one a little more, uh, user friendly. Yeah. It was, it was nice shot. Well, I mean, for it to be so short mm-hmm. too, it wasn't as loud as I was expecting it to be either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put out some good fireballs. The recoil was very manageable, though. Yeah, um, and it's long enough that you could still get all your bells and whistles on it if you're, you know, into accessorizing your rifles. Mm-hmm. It had the they had the alpha rail on that with the squid grips in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually like that. I don't like the the look of the rail, but I like the function of the rail. I like those squid grips. I think they uh, yeah. they give you a very good positive grip on your on your handguard. But that AR10, you got to shoot it right. Yeah, I did. I like that a lot. I did too. Uh, it was actually kind of, it was actually kind of funny because I was I was standing there and I'm shooting and he's like, or he's like, well, it's zeroed. I can't understand why you're not hitting the steel. It's like I'm not because the steel was like 50 yards away. Yeah, it was like I'm not shooting the steel. I'm shooting at a tree about 250 meters back in the woods. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, were you hitting it? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Of course you are. It's our rifle. Yeah, it's zeroed. Of course. Yeah. No, it was yeah. it was not. I got to shoot it at the mad minute, the last mad minute that we had. Mm-hmm. the finale and uh, he loaded up like four mags for me and i mean i was just going through them as fast as i could and i mean again the recoil on that for a for a 308 it mm-hmm. it felt like it felt like an ar15 man i mean it, it yeah. there really wasn't much kick to it at all i i haven't i haven't been impressed by an ar10 like that since i shot the uh, black rain ar10 at a uh, shot show. Why do you shoot the two vets? It's not an AR-10, technically. It's more like... Yeah, line yeah. Line. I've, I've, I've been looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to get my hands on one to do kind of a T&E slash review. Um, I got I got some AR-10 variant coming. I just... I don't remember what it is. I was supposed to get it months ago, and it still hasn't come, so I've kind of forgot where it was coming from. Just yeah. just know that when you shoot the two vets and you have yeah. that, you have the, that initial... Wow, or ah, it's mm-hmm. it's thanks to uh, left hand's incompetency. <laughs> <laughs> incompetency. Well, clum- uh, clumsy. No, no, just jinxable. It's very not. It's not incompetent <laughs> because I was very competent jinxin, with with the handling of the rifle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. I guess that's true. You were competent. You just have this like jinx around you that ends have, up paying off for people. I do have a jinx. Yeah, I do have a jinx. He, he broke the prototype. Let's just, 
we'll just say that. And then because of the way he broke it, they changed the design, which made it run flawlessly. <laughs> Is it? What are you sucking on there? You, What's that? You vaping? <laughs> I am vaping. He's a vapor. That's right. You guys can see me, but I can't yeah. see you. That's right, because I'm naked. <laughs> so, so some other cool people that were there at this shoot, uh, some other companies, is uh, Asymmetric Technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran in, mm-hmm. ran into to that's, Alex. Yeah, that's somebody that I'd met at you, AUSA. Yeah, you'd made the intro. You actually got him, got him the boost base there at the Iraq Vet. Yep. Um, YouTube shoot. So um, the product that they have is is the ASP. The, which what the ASP? The what ASP? <laughs> ASP. <laughs> ASP. The it's the what is assisted shoulder pocket? Yeah, is that what it it's called? Slick. But it's a it's a it's a powerful magnet that goes on your your vest, mm-hmm. your carry around your shoulder area, and it helps you get a consistent shouldering point of yeah point of aim every time when you're bringing your rifle up. So they they've got a special butt pad they put on the the AR or your mm-hmm. rifle, whatever you're shooting, and uh, it's magnetized as well. So uh, as you're bringing it up to your shoulder, I mean it's, it goes to the same spot every time. But not mm-hmm. only does it do that, but it also takes away the weight. Yep. of the weapon yep. so i mean you could shoot that thing you know literally just holding it with one hand yep. and you know just elton john that. doing the elton john trigger yeah <laughs> trigger pull <laughs> that's but, pretty cool yeah. and and once you're done like say something happens you're in a firefight and you have to drop your weapon but go to attend to somebody else you can just let it hang on safe and it hangs from the magnet area because the magnet swivels down yeah. too. now it's not a retention no. device no. and it's not meant to replace your your sling, but it it does aid and, and assist with that. So yeah. um, we've got some videos on that too. So that those are going to be get uh, getting ready to post up here in the next couple of days too. Cool. That was cool, um, man. I mean, there were so many people there. All the YouTubers uh, were there. Um, Head down was there. Now they they didn't really have their guns out for people to shoot. I, I don't. I guess there was a there was a miscommunication about ammunition on that one so they i mean they had ammo in hand but it wasn't much so they didn't put yeah. anything out of the line i know i know they'll be much better prepared next year yeah well uh federal supplied a whole bunch of ammunition yeah there were there, people were, to there use. were definitely a lot of bullets on hand yeah and then um of course what was sent with us down there was tds sent their l3 which is the super lightweight ar that we got to shoot in colorado right not the talking lead kit, but it's the lightweight version of the talking lead kit, right? Uh, it, no, it's not the. No, it's not the same. It's not okay. the talking lead kit. No, gotcha. no, no. This is one that they're that they've developed. It's it's five pounds. It's actually less than five pounds, uh-huh. and uh, it's got a heat. The, remember the heat shield that was yeah. under the. Yeah, yeah. So it's got the the heat shield, and then their muzzle brake. Okay. That you know really keeps it low on a on a plane, especially with a, a rifle that light. Uh-huh. The recoil on that. I mean, the muzzle rise on that was virtually nil. Yeah, I saw the video you posted uh, with my brother-in-law, and it was it was pretty slow. Yeah, so I got what I did was I got it in as many people's hands as I could. I mean, there were so many guns there, and people you know were shooting so many stuff, so it was hard to get you know people over here to shoot. Did it have the Elfman trigger in it? And then the Elfman trigger. Yeah. yeah so it had the Elfman match um, competition trigger. Yeah. My, uh, Aaron didn't get to shoot it. You almost uh, said that again. It. <laughs> I'm going to quit calling you that, so I quit calling you Matt. I'm going to take an audio clip of that. You'd go, Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny. When I was in basic training, literally like the first uh, week, one of the guys that I kind of kind of hung out with, uh, he thought my name was Lucas. <laughs> Lucas? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he got it from, but that stuck the entire time I was there. People just called me Lucas. <laughs> You guys are so off base, it's ridiculous, but now it's kind of like, this is how they know me, so. <laughs> so you don't even look like a Lucas. No, I don't. Uh, he looked like uh, he looked like Jerry Seinfeld, so. Oh, there you go. To- never, that was just kind of a preordained nickname, like day one. But, yeah, so now, we had the TDS. Year, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, we got the TDS, um, LR, Lightweight, and there's going to be um, a lot of video of that that we're going to be posting. And they also sent their 80% 45 nice. down, and we got to shoot that in Colorado also. Yep. So I got to put that in some people's hands, and, and the majority of the people were loving that also. Nice. Um, and Martin from Iron Hammer Armory yep. 
sent down one of his AKs with a high-profile hammer trunnion, right. rear hammer trunnion on there. Nice. And unfortunately, we didn't have much ammo to, to shoot through that. Um, Federal didn't bring any of the uh, AK ammo. But um, Brandon hooked me up with uh, a few rounds, and I was able to get a couple of, of videos and shots with that. But I've still nice. got it, so uh, he hasn't asked me to send it back yet. Nice. So we could take that out and you know maybe do – do some videos, do some with, videos with that and, yeah. and check that out. And then he also sent one of his, his new Minuteman hatchet, <laughs> oh, okay. hatchets. Uh, didn't have anywhere to throw it. Started a tree. So, <laughs> no, I just threw it in the air. Um, <laughs> what? Destiny's dad, Fate of Destiny, uh-huh. he's got this real cool slow-mo camera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, can I get a shot of you throwing that? I want to do slow-mo. I was like, yeah. sure. I said, I don't have anything to throw. He said, just throw it out in the field. So, <laughs> so he's got a picture of me just throwing an axe in <laughs> to the air. <laughs> nice. I don't know if he's going to release that or not, but uh, if I can get footage of that, we'll post that. Now, last year... And now he's got a couple of, of surprise slow-mo glamour shots also. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, no. Yeah. So last year we blew up a fridge, and I heard they stepped up their game on what you blew up this year. Man, they stepped up their game on everything this year. The guns that they had there, they had a Ma Deuce. What else? What other big guns did they have there, Aaron? Ooh, there was a Browning 1919. There was, a, I think, two G42s, the M60. Um, and then there was a guy with the, the soda gun. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. The soda launcher. Was, oh, yeah. Uh, Plinkster uh, has ordered one. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, he said that's awesome. Down the line with Mike Santola, we were shooting his, uh, his Chris cooking bacon on the suppressor, and I kept getting wet like something was misting on them. And then I looked down the line, and there's some guy shooting soda cans out of, like, this I, I think it was it was two two three power. From what Plinkster was telling me, it's an AR with a different upper, and it shoots blanks to launch the cans. Yeah, on cleanup day, um, which you know, you people that didn't show up for cleanup day, shame on you. Uh, I was, was that pick- directed at this gentleman right here. No, <laughs> not him. <laughs> uh, were you there on cleanup day? You had to leave. I was didn't not. You? Yeah, I didn't know that there was a cleanup day thing. Oh, now nah, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. But I mean, the casings were two, two, three casings, but they're plastic. They're like just they're blanks. Yeah. Is basically what. Yeah. They're. So it's just the prior, the powder. Yeah. That launch, but man, it was launching those things a couple hundred yards, wasn't it? Yeah. Easily. And then there was there was usually somebody on hand with a twelve gauge to shoot them. Yeah. So we were thinking practicality use for that is like okay, if you're out in the field, if you're out hunting, and you know your buddy over there runs out of beer, and you you could beer him. Whoa, quick, whoa, 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 wait! You don't drink while you hunt. <clears throat> After the hunt. After your hunting. Yeah, after your hunting. <laughs> or you could shoot him a Coke or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Needs to get right. That won't scare off the deer. <laughs> no, not at all. It'll actually attract them because of the, the Coke <laughs> that sprays around. The soda flying through the air. Good, yeah. like, oh, no. Oh, that's just the If you didn't know, deer, deer love soda. <laughs> it's like better than a salt lick for and, them. And pee from a tree stand. Yep. According to Ron. According to Ron. That's right. But yeah, so they blew up. The The big thing they blew up this year was they had trucks. They had a truck and a car. Mm-hmm. Nice. Destiny got to blow up the truck. And I can't Who blew up the car? Was it Aaron? I mean, uh, Eric? I don't know. Wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's video. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I think I may have left by the time the, the hoopie was blown up. Okay. I remember, I think they were trying to blow it up. With the uh, the drive bys in the Durango, but I'm not. Y'all did drive bys in the Durango. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jaeger and his crew loaded up a, a Durango uh-huh. with like four or five of them, and one of the big one of the big machine guns. I can't remember which one it was, but they just did like two drive bys in front of the the range and just unloaded. And Jaeger's sitting there like he's at a parade waving. At, <laughs> he's doing the parade wave as he's going by. Oh, my gosh. Uh, looking at everybody. There was probably over 800 pounds of explosives used, I think, maybe more than that. I know there was 100 pounds in the first truck they blew up, and then there was more in the next one that they blew up. Nice. And the cops came out again this year. Yeah. Friendly again? Uh, yeah, actually, they were they were friendly. Yeah. But here's the thing, you know, this thing started at nine in the morning, yeah. ten in the morning. They didn't get there till it was over. <laughs> Everybody was leaving. It was nighttime. Everybody was heading out. Yeah. And then they show up. 
Well, they couldn't find them. They've been looking for it all day. This this place is so far back there in BFE that they they couldn't find it. The funny thing about it is the sheriff was there earlier that day. He was invited as a guest, and he was shooting. Yeah. Well, the cops were probably weren't reporting to a call. They wanted to come shoot too. Is probably what it was. That's that's entirely a possibility. <laughs> yeah, and they're, I think they were bummed because they got there after it was over. Yeah, but then they had all kinds of cool tracers at night. They were shooting when it yeah. got dark. Nice. Yeah, and it, it's just amazing. There's going to be a, a shiftload of videos out there, so uh, stand by for that. Well, and I've got some news on some very very cool stuff we'll be doing next year. Do tell. Uh, talk to Chaz from the Road Gunner podcast. Yeah. Chaz, Road Gunner podcast. I said it twice now. Road Gunner podcast. The Road Three Gunner times. podcast. Yeah. He said he'd pay me five bucks every time I said his podcast. Yeah? What Actually, about me? Well, us. Okay. <laughs> Talking lead. The Road Gunner podcast. The Road Gunner podcast. Okay. Hey, Aaron, you ever heard of the Road Gunner podcast? Just just now. Okay. Like if you've never heard of the Road Gunner podcast, yeah. you, you should download the Road Gunner podcast. Right. He's, he's a guy that goes on the road. He's a he's a truck driver, <laughs> and he drives and, a truck, and he talks about guns while he's on the road. So it's it's a good podcast. Um, anyways, he does a lot of stuff with uh, Masad Ayub trainings and different things. Well, we will get to go to a Mag Forty next year, and he's sweet. He's going to shoot us the dates. Let us know when. Let's go ahead and do the Jack Wagon train. Okay, you got somebody. Yeah, I got, I got somebody too. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. So, you got anybody throwing the Jack Wagon train, Aaron? Oh, I'm definitely not prepared for class on that one. Okay. Uh, well, we'll, we'll yeah, start actually, off. I do, but I don't have a specific person. So, well, mine... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a, basically addressing the industry, you know. Okay. Gotcha. My, mine is going to be the Michael Zehoff Bibau. That's who I was going to throw in there, too. The, the Ottawa attack. Yeah. We're, we're not going to speculate on what the reasons were, anything like that. But, I mean, God, to, to walk up to a war memorial, shoot the guy that was guarding it, and mm-hmm. then go into – he went into parliament. parliament. He went into their parliament. It's like going into our, our freaking – Capitol building. Yeah, our Capitol yep. building. And, I mean – Started unloading. On people with a I, shotgun, right? Yeah, I've been trying to read about him, any history. His parents were like involved with immigration in, in Canada. There's just mm. no, and, and like a lot of people are saying, he had no like manifesto, nothing written down, not associated with any groups that they can find. So we may, it, the, the reason why I may have died with him. So, but it, still. Uh, they'll uncover <clears throat> something, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I'm sure yeah, he was on social media and gave some hints and clues and, and whatnot. But definitely, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to our Canadian brethren. So he's our first Jack Wagon. You, that's who you were going to That's do? who I was going to do, but I'm going to go – I'm putting ISIS on there again. Um, ISIS just needs permanently. So we need to – But I'm going to mention them every time because they are f- Jack Wagons. They're ja- the Jack Wagon train's almost too nice for them. No. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely ISIS is, is on the Jack Wagon train again. Not the faux god ISIS. Faux god ISIS? <laughs> <laughs> or the, uh, isn't there a hotel in Chicago, ISIS, or something like that? Is there? Yeah. Probably. There's a few ISIS. There's a lot things. of legit things called ISIS yep. that they're getting a bad rap because of these jack wagons. What was it you were saying, Aaron? And just for to- FX Hummel, 40 cal rules. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is like, and this is, I think we talked about this a little bit already, uh, but the, uh, the, the recent, um, out of context controversy over the uh, what's become known as the Temple Index position. Um, normally, it's 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 not you know an industry thing where people see it see a new quote air quotes here uh, new technique and then immediately just jump on it and try to beat it to death in its infancy. Um, so Temple tell, Index is tell us well, what that position is. Well, Temple Index is a position you can use to. It's it's got a very specific purpose. Basically, you're 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 pointing the weapon up in the air, which I know is a range no no, which is where a lot of the controversy comes from. Um, but basically, you're you're taking the handgun uh, or the rifle, but but mainly it's been addressed as a handgun position, and you're pointing it uh, up in the air uh, above the shoulder next to the head. Obviously, clearing you know the top of your head when you're doing it correctly, and it doesn't actually make contact with the head, uh, and it's in a safe way to say, traverse in a seat and not muzzle a passenger. Or as you're exiting a vehicle, 
um, to utilize, to be able to crouch down and utilize the vehicle's cover concealment as you move to the trunk to access other weapons or make movement to other cover and concealment without muzzling your legs um, or pointing the weapon towards maybe occupied sidewalks or houses or cars and traffic, thing like that. It's pointing the muzzle away from people, basically. Mm-hmm. On the range, you know, we don't point guns up because bullets come down. You know, gravity, you know, just cool like that, I guess. Um, but as soon as, and again, the technique's been around, I know, from at least the 70s. The Navy's been teaching it forever. Uh, but I guess because of the Internet, some photos from a, from a vehicle uh, close quarters class made it onto the Internet, and a bunch of people just jumped on it because they didn't have any context for what was going on. Uh, and as a, as a firearms instructor myself, anytime I see something that I don't understand, my first reaction is to immediately take to the forums and the Facebook and just deride whoever the instructor is without knowing exactly what's going on in the photograph of the video. Right. Uh, and I think there's a lot of that in our industry where instructors are, they're competitive with each other because let's be honest, it's a business. So anytime another instructor does something, the, they're either quick to jump on him directly, quick to jump on the technique or quick to not correct their, I guess, followers when when uh, just baseless attacks are made, um, and it's really unfortunate because we're all on the same team. And that that was that's pretty much my thing is like trying to take things out of context, or at least try to find out what the context is before you just start trying to destroy somebody. Uh, and that's one thing we, I mean, we say it I, every other episode, every other month. At least 10 times a year. We're all on the same team. We're all on the same team. Don't just start blasting somebody because you think what they're doing, in your opinion, is wrong. And blast them. Have a, have a, have a intelligent debate and talk about it. And don't bash somebody that's in our industry, whether it's mm. training or firearms or even just somebody that just goes to the range every day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because all of a sudden, you either, one, you alienate that person if it's not somebody that actually has a career in the industry. And they're like, uh-huh. screw this, I don't want to be involved in guns anymore. Or I don't want to be around those those people. Right, because they're yeah. just, they hate everybody. They're elitist. Right. Oh, well, 1911 suck, and Glock suck, and... 40 caliber sucks. Well, and, and one uh, thing that goes... <laughs> FX Hummel. To, to the actual thing that Aaron's talking about. Vigilant Spectre. <laughs> one, one of the first things anybody ever taught us when we worked with Sam and Matt that day is it's all relative to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Rangers yeah. will point their rifles down most of the time because if they're in a chopper and they're pointing up and a bullet goes up, it could hit the thing, hit the rotor yeah. seals will point their rifles up because if they're, they're in, in the inflatable <laughs> boats yeah. and they're pointing the rifle down and have a negligent discharge, then they're going to sink. So well, it's all relative to where you are, what you're doing, and there's no one way to do things every single time for every single situation. Yeah, um, and, and I'm 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 a huge uh, mortal enemy of, of range mentality and range thinking. Uh, on the range, we we're supposed to point our weapons downrange because you know it's training artificiality. We have to point our weapons where the bullets are supposed to go, and that's that's completely understood, and that's just the world we have to live in. But it, it gets kind of dangerous when a when a self defense instructor takes those same um, safety rules that apply on the range and try to apply them to the real world where they don't always work. Yeah, uh, well, that's why we have our cardinal firearm safety rules. Right, I can yeah. point the gun anywhere I want as long as it's safe to do so, and if my finger is not on the trigger when it's not supposed to be, an accident can occur. You know, and Aaron, I may have you back on when we do the show, but I, I'll have to find the article I read once just because you're scientific minded too, the terminal velocity when you shoot a bullet up stops, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't increase to the point of the same speed coming out of the muzzle when it's coming back down. No, no. A bullet, if you shoot it straight up and it comes straight back down, it's going to hurt. It could kill. It could kill. Well, no, from what I've read, I mean, you would have to hit you at the exact right spot at the exact right time. Didn't say it's going to kill you every time. I said yeah. it could kill. Yeah, you, but and it it's could. not going to. But it won't penetrate the majority of the time. Like if it hits you in the shoulder, it's going to hurt like hell. You're going to have a big ass. If it hits you right on your freaking cranium. Yeah, if you know, it hit you there, it'd knock you, you out. Because you got and, soft spots up there. Not everybody's got yeah. the same density. You know, thick headed like you. Well, I, I would. I would think of it. <laughs> I would think of it as a law. Law of competing harms. Mm-hmm. Pointing the gun, I mean, guns are inherently dangerous. You pull that trigger, it makes a loud noise. The projectile comes out, it's going really fast. Um, it can do damage. It does damage. Uh, that's, its, that's its purpose. 
uh, if, it, if I'm pointing the weapon up in the air because that is the safest direction and a negligent discharge occurs, then a negligent discharge occurred. Say I was pointing that weapon at the ground. Say I exited a vehicle and I'm on asphalt and a negligent discharge occurs. Is the risk of injury greater? I don't know. But if I'm pointing the weapon in my horizontal arc and the weapon negligently discharges and it goes into the house on a residential street, mm-hmm. um, that's where people are going to be. They're not necessarily underneath me. They're probably not hovering above me. So for me, I want to point the weapon in the area where it's going to be least likely to cause a non-intended injury in the event of a negligent discharge. And in the real world, sometimes that's up. Well, and let's say it's up with a slight angle. Yeah. And you can attest to this, other people that have been around and learned like the velocity of a, let's say a 50 BMG. Let's just go all out. 50 BMG coming out of the muzzles, what, about 3,000 feet per second or less? In that neighborhood. All right. As it gets out to that mile shot, it's less, and the farther it goes, the speed gets slower and slower and slower. So if you have it angled up. But it also rises as it's going also. But eventually it, cr- it crests back down, too. It does. And as it's cresting down, it gets slower and slower and slower. Then all of a sudden, you're just going to, I mean, if you're five miles away, I doubt it'll go that far. But if you're at its max potential before it actually hits the ground, it's going to sting. It'll probably be pretty hot and burn a little bit. But it's probably not going to penetrate. Because it doesn't have just in, infinite velocity on that bullet. So, have you seen that video? Of that guy that's shooting the the fifty, and it ricochets yeah. back, knocks his hat off. Yeah, and it, yeah. I don't know how far it went before. I mean, it went. It was a couple hundred yards, I think. No, it was further than that. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was like a thousand yards. Yeah, because it was like three seconds before it came back. At yeah, him. and he yeah. came back and it knocked his his uh, ear pro off yeah. or something. That's his eye some pro. scary stuff. Yeah, but. Uh, I, it's no back, joke. To, back to what you're saying about the, the range safety. Range safety, when you're at the range, all you're doing is practicing mechanics. You're not mm-hmm. practicing self-defense. So when you take a course like from you or Rob Pincus or James Yeager or whoever out there that's doing tactical self-defense training, it's a whole different set of rules than what you have at the range because when you're in a real-life situation – it's a whole different set of rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's there's training artificialities. Uh, our goal as teachers, as firearms instructors, is to reduce those training artificialities as much as possible. Um, I shoot a lot of. Uh, I teach self defense shooting, um, and I don't use that just as like a buzzword. So when I te- when I'm teaching people like your close retention shooting, like your arms distance or shooting from the hip and things of like that, um, the range really limits how realistic I can be in that kind of shooting. Uh, that's why most people, when they shoot from the hip and like a close retention type shot, they're they're basically aiming straight forward, more or less in the pelvic region of the target. And that's not because that's the best place to shoot. It's because most ranges won't allow you to angle the weapon up at that distance to get a high thoracic chest uh, or the head, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, the trajectory of the bullet will take it over the burn. Uh, that's a training artificiality that our industry has. Um, that's why whenever I teach, I try to find a range that either has an impact area or a really, really high berm. So when people train that method and practice that method, they can actually shoot a little bit more realistically. They have more options available to them instead of having their, their real life practice constrained by a range issue. Unless you're taking the course of how to shoot someone's junk, then the range is perfect. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that offered yet. I think we just gave him a new million dollar. I, mean, I would kind of like the junk. I would kind of like to check that box. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, I'm more likely, and just the way I train, thanks to thanks to my range here in Atlanta, I have an impact area, so I'm able to from the hip shoot to the chest or the head. Yeah. And point shooting, you can be very, very accurate. And me personally, you know, distance equals time. The closer my threat is to me, the less time I have to deal with it. So when I come, you know, for a close action shoot, I'm more, more I'm almost 100% more likely um, to try to get the chest than, than shooting to the pelvis. Well, all I've got to say is you want to take Aaron's class. Some people want to take Rob's class. Some people want to take Jaeger's class. All these people, Costa, Masayub. I want to learn from Carolina Outfitters. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> the greatest tactical training video on YouTube ever. 
All right, enlighten us. Okay, so there's these guys. Aaron, you can probably give a better outline. Okay, um, there's background on that. They're a North Carolina, and I don't know if they're a company or if they're just guys that put up a, a Facebook page. I'm not really sure how that works. But they're, they, they keep putting out these videos of them training people, and I will use air quotes on that one. <laughs> and the video in question is hilarious without the um, the the, uh, the remix that Dick Tip did. Um, but it's they're they're basically demonstrating, trying to demonstrate, attempting to demonstrate a vehicle extraction. Like two guys are on like patrol, talking with their freaking Nextels or walkie talkies or whatever, <laughs> um, and they come into contact, and then this vehicle comes into frame, um, moving at the speed of a Segway. Uh, and then pulls in between the shooters and the target. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Uh, and then they just, all, everybody just starts shooting. Like the driver gets out, he's getting into it. Some dude in the passenger seat with a P90, he's doing things. Um, they're on the X for like maybe 15, 20 minutes. That's only a slight exaggeration. Um, and then they get in the vehicle and just drive off. And I, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't even understand what I just watched. Like it was. <laughs> so are these guys like serious? These are serious. Videos? I think it's. Perfor- I don't. It, it, I want to say it's just performance art, but I think these guys are actually well, serious. Did, didn't they come out yeah, and say personal. it was? Oh, we did that for fun after they started getting blasted. Yeah, that, that originally they were trying to defend it on their Facebook. Right, um, it didn't work because you have people who actually know how to do you know legit vehicle extractions come in and say, well, here's all the ways that you are wrong. And they, they put out a medical video too that uh, I actually have two or three actually oh, no. three or four students who are doctors like regular students that come to me like I have a psychiatrist I have a trauma surgeon um, and a couple other guys that are actually MDs and they watched the medical video and it was just all throwing hands and knocking stuff off the of desks and screaming at computer screens <laughs> you know um, you can't you can you can fool the layman in a medical class you can't fool a medical professional so they were I mean it's pretty much some serious negligence to be teaching stuff like that when I mean medical stuff if you don't know what you're doing you have no business teaching it. Um, and the same should apply to firearms too but we kind of give some of these guys a pass for some reason well it's it's still I will give them credit which this isn't much credit it's better than the one video of all the guys in the gray jumpsuits that are like shooting and crossing in front of each other yes. and then like shooting in every direction on oh, the range. Oh lord, and, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and doing like, you know, combat rolls. Didn't we throw it. those guys on the jack wagon oh, yeah. train? Yeah, I can't remember who it was though now. That was months and months. They ago. don't deserve being remembered. Yeah, that well, was kind of crazy. That was the same video where the guy had the knives, right? I think yeah, and at the end he could yeah. them out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He just spent so he goes to his backup which was his knives. D- dual knives. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I wanted to talk about with you on uh, before we wrap up is I got to meet a couple of guys in the uh, quote-unquote firearms media world on the writing side. Yeah. Uh, one of them being David Reeder, who's with uh, Recoil, Recoil Web, and also Breach Brain. But I can never say it. Breach Bang Clear. Breach Bang Clear. Breach Bang Clear. BBC? Yeah, BBC. Not that BBC, but Breach Bang Clear. Oh, yeah. I did it. Uh, Aaron writes for all those. And it, love it's, recoil. It's really interesting. I mean, he was a great guy, and we were talking about you know how different people write in the industry and everything. And he started talking about Aaron and how he had to adjust to Aaron because Aaron oh. takes stuff from more of a scientific perspective, and he almost writes thesis on rocket science. <laughs> I told her here, I was like, yeah, but from my perspective, I love that stuff. And he goes, yeah, I had to get used to that. I had to get used to it. People actually want that. They also want the version well, of Yeah, I mean, that's it's this variety. Has a great sugar. You got all kinds great. of different target audiences out there, and it's great yeah. when you bring something like that to the table. Yeah. Because you appeal to a whole other crowd. I, I tried to tell David uh, when I, the very first article I wrote for Breach Man Clear, he's like, hey, I'm going to publish this in three parts. And I was like, why? He's like, well, you know, people don't want to read, you know, 1500 words and i'm like well then that's their problem like i kind of take a uh, a page from neil degrassi tyson's playbook i'm a no i'm under no obligation to make sense um if if you want to put in the time and learn it's 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 on you to actually learn and sometimes you have to learn something else before you can read like say i don't know a textbook on like fluid dynamics like you don't just jump right into that right Um, And and i'm not saying i write to that level but my thing is like let's put it all as one piece and the people who are actually interested in the top, interested in the topic, no matter what it is, are going to read the whole thing. 
or they're going to come back and finish it later. And that's why it's yeah. print because you don't have to do it all right now. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can set it down and come back later. And, and I think what I've gotten from my core group of readers is they really appreciate the fact that they don't have to wait, you know, four or five days to finish the article. You know, it, it's going to all going to come out at once. It's all right there. The body is there. They can read it. It's going to, you know, it doesn't take long to read 1500 words, but no, at the same time, it's like a comic book subscription, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like you, they, you get the story continues and you wait and then you anticipate and you're like, Oh, I gotta, I, you know, I want to get the next issue kind of thing. So, I mean, there's two I perspectives on it. that. I look at it both ways. It, it, there are advantages to publishing in both manners. My personal feeling with the way I, one of my stipulations when I write now is you got to publish full length because if six months from now somebody's Googling this topic, I don't want them to have to hunt down five articles. Or if yours is to be continued, they're going to get on the web and search something because they want to know the rest of the story right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it depends on what the subject matter is, kind of like you're saying. Because I mean, if it's something like what you're you've done before, yeah, you want to get it all. But if it's something like a little teaser, like, hey, this is Zeke and Left Hand from Talking Lead. We're gonna be talking about them later. And then a couple weeks later, they they hey yeah, I want to find out more about them. And then you lead in like to Marty said, like a comic book kind of storyline. Oh yeah, by the way, they're also gonna be doing this. We'll talk about this next month, kind of stuff. Hint, hint, reader. <laughs> but the the cool thing is a lot of these and I'm not going to bash any specific magazine or website some of the older websites and some of the older magazines out there they almost don't get it anymore they don't get that the information is all out there on the internet people can research what you're writing about and find out but you also got to understand though that there are still people that enjoy that you know there's still right. that that niche well, what I'm, and that's who they're, you know, they're appealing, but they're not, you know, like you're saying, it's kind of, it's the tables have turned. So the masses have gone the, the opposite direction now to well, the mainstream media. What I'm getting at is some of the, the magazines, I'm not going to say what magazine or what gun, uh, when a certain gun was released, it was the greatest gun ever. It was going to be amazing. They had no issues. Well, then that gun had a ton of issues. Uh, and not only did the gun, manufacturer looked bad but so did the the magazine that said oh this is the greatest gun ever they're not really doing it from a hey we're going to tear your thing apart and if we love it we're going to say we love it if we hate it we're going to say we hate it and that's one thing i like about you know recoil for the most part definitely breach bang breach bang clear you know they're writing from a perspective of hey we know that if we write bs you can find the bs on the internet so we're not going to get ourselves in trouble. We're going to be bluntly honest about everything. Or they're like just going to give their opinion. Yeah. You know, yeah exactly. Not that they're being honest. They're just giving their honest opinion. Aaron? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I Honestly, if, when I write, it's I want to cover every possible reasonable debate point in an article, no matter what the topic is. I want to make sure the information's out there. That way... There doesn't have to be a lot of back and forth communications. And what if it's a reader who just isn't going to send me an email or maybe post a comment on Facebook and I don't see it or something like that? I'd like to I'd like to cover whatever potential questions may come up. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, depending on the topic, I'm going to cite my sources um, just so if somebody asks, well, where did that come from? Well, here's a link or here's the information I got it from. You can go you know, learn more on your own. Yeah. Um, that's of course that's that's absolutely no excuse for me writing fifteen hundred words on a knife review, um, but that's been known to happen too. <laughs> yeah, and there's 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 other sites. I mean, it's not just the recoil community with yeah. and throwing breach bang clear soldier systems. I got to meet the guy that runs soldier systems. He's an awesome guy. You know, some of his articles people are like, oh, that's a little abrasive, but he's honest. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, uh, the bang switch, Tim. Military Arms Channel. He's the same way. He's like, I'm going to be bluntly honest with this stuff. There's so many cool media outlets for the firearms industry that are honest, and you can feel confident that you're going to get a good review and not have to worry about, okay. Speaking of Tim, he was was at the shoot. Yeah. And he had the Beretta, is it the ARX? Is that what it is? I've never heard of it. The A, I I don't know. It's their new uh, carbine that they've got out. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that? Did you get to shoot that, Aaron? 
I didn't. I wanted to, and then I got caught up doing something else, and I didn't get to go back and shoot it. It was. I actually didn't shoot very many guns. Yeah, it um, was actually very, very nice. Um, I enjoyed shooting it, and he had it uh, suppressed. Also, he had a he had a can on it, mm-hmm. so we were shooting it silenced. Um, but it shot really well. It's got a distinctive sound. Really? It's yeah. It's a different sound than an AK or an AR. Uh, I don't know if it's just the materials, huh. the comp- you know composites that it's made What's of. What's it chambered in? It was, uh, we were shooting five five six. Huh? Yeah, two two three. Interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah, they've got some videos of that coming out too. Um, so nice. check check those out when we get those. And of course, Tim's going to have a full review on it, so you can go to yeah. Military Arms Channel and check that out. And I just saw he got those new. Um, oh crap! What were they? The Galil. He's uh, getting yeah, the modernized do. Galil. Yeah, he just got like the the short the short barrel rifle one, mm-hmm. and he got I guess he got the full size one also. He's getting ready to do some reviews on those. So I'm looking forward to seeing how those come out. Have you shot the Galil before? Yeah, I've shot the original Galil. I didn't shoot the modernized one. Okay, it looks pretty I cool. I like the Galil a lot. Uh, I prefer the Galil over the AK. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the air. <laughs> yes, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a comblock guy. There there's only a few Soviet comblock weapons that, or I should just say comblock weapons that I actually like. Um, the AK is good for what it's good for. I'm I'm an AR guy because um, that's how America does it. Um, America, I love my Mosin. But, but I mean, it, it, there's definitely some advantages in the platform, and that's why I like to see some of the great qualities of the AK carried over into the Galil when they when they designed that, and then the the modernized Galil. Um, by all accounts, is looking to be a very impressive weapon. Yeah, it does. I'm excited to see that. Well, make sure you check out all the people we've talked about today. You know, a special, special thanks to Iraq Veteran 8888. Uh, go check out his YouTube channel. Subscribe. He's got a website. Uh, some really cool stuff on there. Tim, Military Arms Channel, Fate of Destiny. 22 Plankster. 22 Plankster. Vigilant uh, Spectre. Tactical Response. Um... Savoie Leather Savoie was there. Leather. He, yeah. He had a great show there. AR500. SavoieLeather.com. There's our plug. <laughs> Did you get to talk to those AR500 guys, Aaron? Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. I mean, they were cool. They were one of the sponsors of the of the event, and they brought out as you – know, everybody had like a raffle ticket, and they mm-hmm. had this huge raffle. You know, they did like they did when we were our first one, but this one was like triple the size. Yeah. They actually gave away – Sky was there. They gave away a Sky pistol. Wow. Uh, and then they had two full plate carriers with their armor in it yeah. that they that they gave away also. Yeah. And a special thanks to TDS Guns who sent the uh, TDS you know, Guns and uh, Iron Hammer Armory, Iron Hammer Armor, Iron Hammer, Iron Hammer, Hammer Armory dot com, and then TDS Guns dot com. Yeah, TDS Guns dot com, okay. and then he's got his spinoff for the 1911 company. It's the 1911 Builder. Okay. Uh, 1911 dot com, where you can get your eighty nice. percent uh, 1911 kits. And and those things aren't bad. They're like eleven hundred bucks. Yeah, and it's a good nineteen eleven. Yeah, it's it's a saw. It's um, one person said they liked it better than the Kimber. Yeah, and check out all the websites we were talking about: uh, breachbangclear dot com, soldiersystems dot com, recoil web. Uh, get your recoil magazine. All that good stuff. Our buddy from Steelworks was there. Yeah, yep. yeah. Go check out his uh, his Facebook page and website. Keybar. Keybar key was there. We yep. love our key bars. And Troy Industries, uh, check those guys out. I mean, they're, you know, without saying anything, everybody knows who Troy is. So their products are awesome. Uh, their people are awesome, which makes their products even more awesome. So uh, TroyIndustries.com. And then, of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, ICE Training, ICETraining.us. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services, HG Press, for all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs. Give those gun-friendly guys and gals a call at 1-800-615-1840, extension pew, 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 pew. And remember, uh, especially if you're uh, a veteran, uh, they can help you obtain a VA loan, get you in touch with the people that can help you do that. Uh, SDI, our bandwidth sponsor, Sonoran Desert Institute and their School of Firearms Technology. A uh, lot of really cool stuff coming up really, really soon with them. Uh, you can get your advanced gunsmithing certificate. You can get uh, armors course. We should have another video coming out, shouldn't we? On yep, the- probably be next week. Uh, we also have a associate's degree in firearms technology that is growing by the day right now. Uh, the cool stuff that's going on with that. So, sdi.edu. 1776 United. Those guys were there also. 1776 United. They actually uh, made the shirts for the event. 
1776united.com. Uh, you get your Talking Lead t-shirts there and our uh, Hardcore Operator t-shirts. Yep. All or Nothing Tattoo Studios, all or nothing tattoo.com, and they're very gun-friendly merchandise store. Got to give a big shout-out to Brandon, because Brandon was there also. He had uh, He's one of the sponsors of the event also, All or Nothing. He he actually brought some cool guns out there, too. Didn't get a chance to shoot those. His but Nemos. His Nemos. I'm dying to shoot those. So we got to make another trip out. To, that 300 win mag is sick. Yeah. So I'm dying to shoot that. Holy crap, is it heavy. Sorry, I've been working out a little bit. <laughs> CantuBrunnerDesigns.com for all of your bullet pin design cool ass pin needs. stuff. Uh, Savoie Leather, SavoieLeather.com. Uh, he's got all kinds of cool stuff that he can do. I mean, if you can think of it, as long as it's not uh, profanity uh, type stuff, he can put it on a, a holster for you. And he's got all kinds of exotic leathers and skins and stuff that he can use to make those too. Yeah. Aaron, man, appreciate you coming on. Hey, yeah, great to be here. And if people want to find you, tell all your social media, website, all that jazz uh, kind of stuff. I am at Sage Dynamics on Instagram, at Sage Dynamics on Twitter. Uh, SageDynamics.org is the website. Uh, Facebook backslash Sage Dynamics. Uh, and I'll be doing some stuff real soon with Young Guns. They're relaunching um, as a kind of a gun industry-specific type of YouTube thing. Um, they're getting ready to relaunch that whole program, so I'm going to be doing some stuff with them. And uh, I write for Recoil Magazine, Recoil Web, Moderno, Modern Arms, and Breach Bang Clear. Oh, dang, I feel bad. Moderno is another one of those sites. What's the website for Moderno? Moderno.com. That's right. So check them out, too. And as always, left hands, keep, keep your loved ones, ones close. Any firearm close, 